Hello and welcome. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And this is the Wikipedia Chronicles. This is the 95th episode of the Wikipedia Chronicles, which is a podcast where we start with a random article, explore it, then follow the links and see where it takes us. So, John, what have you got for us this week? I have Doris Willett. Uh, That is an American foil fencer. I don't know if that means that they fence with foil or if that means they make fences (laughs) out of foil. Um, all I know is that it's from America. Uh, yeah. Her mother is an immigrant from Taiwan. Uh, Willette was named to the United States Olympic team at the 2012 Summer Olympics in the Women's Foil Team competition. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's an interesting thing. Not a, not a huge article here, but there is still, still some stuff left to, to explore. Uh, she was a Penn State graduate. So you also have a link to a list of Penn State University Olympians. Oh, okay. uh, you have some Olympics, you have some fencing opportunities, and you can even go to Taiwan if you really want to. So, I mean, good, good, diverse little four-sentence article. Yeah, yeah. really good. That's interesting. So, uh, so what do you have there, Eric? Eric? I have Patrick McGuire, Bishop. Oh. Um, he died in 1826. He was an Irish Roman Catholic prelate who served as the coadjutor bishop of Kilmore from 1819 to 1826. Hmm. So. Did he do anything uh, particularly bishopy? It doesn't look like he did anything of note. It just kind of talks about who he was. Or like who he was appointed by. Okay. So, so. Correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't bishops really like commonplace in yeah. the Catholic Church? Why did do they all have Wikipedia articles? Because <laughs> like, why would a guy who didn't really do a whole lot and was just got? I mean, like in Ireland, in mm-hmm. Ireland, isn't like 10% of the populace of the country <laughs> bishops? I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't understand why he's made note of see i don't understand the significance of this wikipedia article no Ah, how about that back in their faces i don't know why anybody would find this historically relevant or pertinent (laughs) to anything else has he contributed anything was he uh integral in the storytelling of anything else doesn't seem so from this article (laughs) One could argue, very not. Yes. <laughs> hmm. Well, let's go to yours. Doris Willette. Doris Willette. Doris is spelled about how you would imagine it. Dear listener, however, the last name is Will, like you would spell Will, and then Et, like you would spell Et. Not like uh-huh. Eat, but like, like or Eight. Gillette with a W. Yeah, like Gillette with a W. 
I don't know why I didn't say that. That was way easier. <laughs> okay, but anyway, yeah, she was. She's still alive. Uh, uh, 29 years old, born in California, from uh, Penn State University. Won a gold medal in the team foil competition at the 2011 Pan American Games, which is not the same as the Olympics. And I got worked up for a second over uh. nothing. But I mean, you know, nothing to shake a stick at, not to make a pun mm. about fencing, but. Um, you know, that's still pretty respectable. Uh, at least amidst the Americas. So, I guess the question I have is, what is a foil? That is a good question. And but is it interesting enough to, like, forgo the potential to look at fencing, fencers? Well, I feel like from foil will come fencing. We can probably yes. get back to fencing from there. We can hope so. So I feel like we should seize the opportunity while it's in front of us. Fair enough. Let's go for it. Let's foil our chances. And we are fenced in because this has in parentheses fencing. A foil is one of the three weapons used in the sport of fencing, as it turns oh. out. All of which are, of course, metal. There's more than one weapon in the sport of fencing? I guess so. This I one assumed all of them were just a long stick with a ball on the end. No, this one's uh, flexible. It's rectangular in cross-section, and it weighs under a pound. There's also the uh, epi, which, uh, as with the epi, points are only scored by contact with the tip which in electronically scored tournaments is capped with a spring-loaded button to signal a touch. Uh, foil Fencer's uniform features the same... The lame... The lame. The lame, I suppose. A vest electrically wired to record hits in such cases. It is the most commonly used weapon in competition. So so the thing that you've probably seen is from this. fencing is this. Yes. Let me see if I can get a little my bit My question of a... is, if it weighs under a pound, yeah. could you just whip it, whip the other player? You would think that just... if it's flexible and that light, you'd be able to, but maybe there's something about how it's forged yeah. that makes maybe it... Maybe there's also rules against that. No, Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, of course, there are two common types of foils, the non-electric foil, also known as the steam or dry, and the electric. The components common to both varieties are the pommel, grip, guard, thumb pad, and blade. The blades of both varieties are capped with a plastic or rubber piece with a button at the tip in electric blades that provides information when the blade tip touches the opponent. There are also a range of plastic swords made by varying manufacturers for use by juniors. Lacking the button and associated electrical mechanism, a judge is required to determine the scoring and the victor in tournaments with non-electric foils. Um, it should be noted that this entire article needs citation. There is absolutely... <laughs> wow. Wow, you're right. What happened? The you know entire what? entire article. <laughs> what if, Eric, what if this is merely something where somebody did have a citation that was for the majority of the article and something got deleted from the internet, so everything became redacted? Like, it seems a little suspicious to me that if every citation needed 
Well, apparently, there's at least one citation. The first opening paragraph was uh, cited, the first thing we talked about. Mm -hmm. And then later down, there's one sentence that is cited. Um, He talks about using Shakespeare. Well, okay, not even a whole sentence. The first half of a sentence, or maybe just what's in parentheses. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Oh, and then there's a couple more citations after that. But they're all sort of in the same two areas of the article. Yeah. There is one runaway citation in there somewhere, but... Yeah, but yeah, for the most part, I, I'd say the words... Okay, I'm actually going to get the number on this. Citation needed appears 32 times in this article. So, so in other words, not very <laughs> but, well researched, but also doesn't or, seem wrong. Or it's just somebody who knows a lot about fencing. And it's just like, all right, well, I'll just you know write this article about what I know. Because I, I can't imagine anybody would make up the article yeah about fencing like why or, would you yeah I don't know. It seems strange but um all right well let's uh, go on to the blade um even though there's no citation we can't you know we can still assume the best this might be right <laughs> <laughs> it's hopefully <laughs> correct information <laughs> so I take it with a grain of salt but uh, foil have standardized tapered quadrangular or rectangular. I've never heard it called quadrangular. Just just four <laughs> four lines in that connect. Uh, they have quadrangular blades that are made of tempered and annealed low carbon steel, hmm. or more raging steel. What, more raging. More raging. Oh, um. <laughs> that, that would be a good uh, band name, right? Miraging Steel. Yeah. He's a mirage. <laughs> Miraging Steel. Miraging Steel. Um, but uh, that is required for international competitions, allegedly, and are designed to bend upon striking an opponent in order to prevent both injuries and breakage of the blade. And the foil blade is no more than 90 centimeters in length with a blunted or foiled tip, hence the name foil. Hmm. Uh, the maximum length of the assembled weapon is 110 centimeters, and the maximum weight is 500 grams. However, most competition foil are lighter, closer to 350 grams. That's a very light foil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like that would be really difficult to wield. Because there's almost like, it's like wielding nothing. Yeah. Like, you're just it, like wagging nice your hand around in there. some weight to, you know, what you're To something like that. Like, you would think that would help yeah. you give it direction or, yeah. or purpose. Like, and it helps your hand know where it is and what, you know, like. That's the trick. Like, maybe that's what the whole art of the fencing is. It's like. It's actually really difficult to know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it takes you have finesse. To if you find your senses so much. Yeah. And I can't imagine that a blade being that flexible, if you were moving it around at any sort of speed, that it would stay steady. Like you might, yeah. you know, 
jab it forward or try to parry, but like if you move too quickly and not with enough finesse, it's gonna bend. It's gonna miss the target. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's what you were saying. Start wobbling back. And yeah. Forth. yeah. Like maybe whipping wouldn't happen intentionally, but instead <laughs> because you have no control over how like feeble this object yeah. is, and the idea is to move quickly enough, but like at the right, right, the right rate just so that it actually like works and carries what you want it to do yeah um yeah i don't know that's that does seem a lot more difficult now that they put it this way like Like, i had no clue from a drumming standpoint i know that i tend to favor a little heavier sticks Mm -hmm. because if it's too light then it feels like i don't know where they are and i'm just you know yeah Exactly. Whatever, but like if I have a heavier thing it makes me feel confident like alright I got this you know? yeah, the force of the object itself is going to handle most of it right. I don't have to worry too much Yeah, and maybe that's exactly why fencing is hard and it could also just be that obviously they're not trying to hurt the opponent whereas right. with a standard sword that's really heavy them, no. your goal is to impale the other person right and cause a lot of damage so since it may, it may just be this way so you don't kill it could people be. like even accidentally <laughs> like that way you just you just straight up you just don't kill them yeah it's a, you know better safe than sorry you'll have to figure out to how to use this thing <laughs> yeah yeah if you want to do this fine but <laughs> yeah but the actual blade here is actually subdivided into three regions so we have the weak um the last third, or the foible. Foible or the weak. I feel like I've heard the word foible before. I can't so, remember where or why, and I know it wasn't familiar. to do with fence. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, maybe it has jumped to other... Was it in Was it in our discussion of cricket at any point? <laughs> Probably. Because <laughs> I have this lump in my stomach that's in one of those games that, you know, we tried to explain the rules of, but didn't really... Oh, was it rugby? Oh. No, we, well, we did both. But, right. Uh, I don't know. But foible is just a standard word that means weakness in someone's character. So, oh, all right. So I guess they they appropriated the word for this purpose. That's what it's supposed to do. But it's supposed <laughs> to be the weakness in the the character of the blade. Yeah. So this is the last third of the blade near the tip. Um, and then there's the medium and the forte or the strong which is the third of the blade near the guard. So I don't know exactly where these sections lie. Maybe it's just kind of a vague generalization where you're just like, all right, this general area is mm-hmm. the medium. I, I feel like it would actually be kind of like a golf club at this point. It could yeah. be precisely melded, melted into certain areas. Like you would know exactly when and where it would bend and why, and like you would yeah. be able to get different kinds of bend in different ways, different places, or something yeah. stupid. <laughs> Um, but the inside of the grip is the tang, which is threaded at the end to allow the pummel to fasten the foil assembly together. When an Italian grip is used, see below, a ricasso extends from under the guard inside the grip's quillens into the tang. Um, there's a note here, jargon. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can uh, definitely understand why they put that note there. The tang—they threw out a lot of terms. They did. 
I mean, they well, gave they you a, a picture, picture, though. Yeah, they do like, have a picture. A Ricasso stands from under the guard. It's that little metal cross. Oh, uh, yeah. And so then... You, yeah, you got the little, like, finger hold kind of thingies. Yeah, exactly. And then you have the cross thing, and then they grip. It's inside of the quillins, which are the other things. Okay, yeah, the quill. Yeah, okay, the quillins. And... Circles. It's into the tang, which is, you know, the blade, which we know, because we know what that means from just general sword knowledge, I think. Yeah, we know yeah. what a tang is, the, other than a fruit obviously beverage. Obviously, guard is the circular guard. Right. So, jargon? <laughs> nah, not, not particular. Not with a picture. <laughs> yeah, if the picture wasn't there, I would be like, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking of the guard, the guard itself's fastened to the blade, uh, plug, and grip assemblies by the pommel, a thread, a type of threaded fastener, the specific type of which depends on the type of grip in use. There are two types of grips used for the foils, the traditional straight grips with long external pommels, comp- comprising the uh, French, Italian, and Spanish varieties, and the orthopedic, which I didn't think was an option. I would like to see a citation for that one, yes, thank <laughs> yeah. you. And the newer design of pistol grips, which fix the hand in a specific ergonomic position, which you would think would be also the orthopedic one, but nonetheless, <laughs> and which have pummels that fit into a countersink in the back of the grip. Interesting. Look at the look at the uh, the picture of that one down there. Modern fencing foil has like a gun-like looking thing to it. The picture below the Italian grip. If you see that oh, to the right, yeah, there's this like there red thing. It, it has like a it's like a gun trigger. It's nice. weird. Wow, that's awesome. That would be strange to use, though. Like, I guess you do kind of hold it that way anyway. Yeah. So maybe just having your hand, like, your wrist in line would make it a little easier, but... Yeah, still seems like it would be kind of weird. I mean, this whole thing seems weird. That's true. Like, (laughs) I I guess if it was on a standard sword, it would be absolutely impossible to use. (laughs) <laughs> but <laughs> because it would just be like uh, uh, well, uh maybe not but when you're talking about a game where know. the entire point is scoring points only and solely by way of poking yeah then like like when you're talking about a sword you're gonna be using like your slight like okay i want to slice my opponent in mm-hmm. half i have an edged blade i have to get that moving at a certain velocity it has to be going from side to side to work effectively the fencing blade will do no such thing no matter how hard you swing it <laughs> The point of the game is to point it, and so what you want is a handle that helps you without you having to ex- exert yourself. Mm-hmm. You point it directly at your opponent with that thing. You hold it by this handle, and it just kind of gets, and it goes right at the enemy. So that's a little the, bit smarter, I guess. I just realized that with a regular sword, there are um, gun swords or gun blades in oh, yeah. Final Fantasy. That's true. I remember <laughs> so, those fondly. They. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it could work. Maybe they borrowed some concepts from fencing. They very well could have. I would. I could see that. Gunsword. Gunsword was a cool idea, though. I remember loving that as a kid. I wonder if there's a way to get to the gunsword. Is there a gunsword article <laughs> somewhere? <laughs> you know, I feel like that would be an interesting challenge. To try to get to the gunsword. We gun definitely sword. get to sword. Right. I'm sure there has to be a way. Are we, are we going to try this? I, I think we I should. I think we should. 
I think we should. Okay. I absolutely think we should. All right. So, sword. So, do we want to go? There's a link to small sword. There's long sword. Is there just regular sword somewhere? I'm looking. I believe there's sword types and classifications by region and era, so this may be an exceptionally short trip as it would happen. <laughs> um, but let's try it. Let's go down to the very bottom of the article. There's. Oh, wait, those are external links. Wait, no. We just show all the swords. There wait, are. Sword. No, no, no. Yeah, there is a. At the bottom, the external. Beyond the external links, that sword types and classifications. Yeah, that thing. The, the uh, if you hover over it, it does link to a Wikipedia article. On sword types? Yep. Types of swords. Types of okay. swords, yeah. That counts. We so, can do that. Yeah. It's not a category. It's not one of those weird things. It's just a nice big old list. Yep. So here we go. Let's see. Is there uh I don't know. Where would you find that? Well, the thing is, the gun sword, it needs to be fictional. Yeah. Now, the thing is, here, it says in the very first article, this is a list of types of swords. Mm-hmm. Now, the term sword used here is a narrow definition. This is not a general list of bladed weapons uh, and does not include even the machete or similar sword-like weapons. So we could go to list of bladed weapons. List of general bladed weapons may Although, be better. Although, should we at least browse over this list here? And just Yeah, let's review some interesting see. kinds and see what we can't uncover. I mean, like, we should probably include some uh, pictures of some of these. I'm kind of curious. There's some Ooh. African swords involved. Asian. I mean, literally every continent, give or take, in, 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 in Antarctica bleh, uh, has a bunch of different kinds of swords here. Ooh, okay. So, uh, North African sword, the Kopesh, from Egypt, is pretty pretty cool. Whoa! What's going on with that? <laughs> oh I mean, man, it's, it's not a even scythe. <laughs> is that is that? It has to have like a handle down there, right? I, I feel like that. Yeah, I mean that's that's from that's, a video game. Look at that thing. <laughs> that's crazy looking. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, it's inscribed in everything. <laughs> it looks like it has superpowers that you can get from it. Yeah, that's definitely straight up like uh, one of those cursed swords that they find in the movies and everything goes wrong when they take it out of the tomb. And then Dwayne The Rock Johnson wakes up. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's probably a really good alternative. We could probably... <laughs> If we don't want to try to find the gun sword, maybe we could find our way to or, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. If we maybe we could uh, go to both, and we could get to gun sword, and then uh, see if there's time to keep get going. to Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Okay, all um, right, we're doing this one way under, or the other. Under uh, China, the hook sword is pretty cool. Yeah, that thing's whoa. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'm a fan of this uh, this butterfly sword here because you're supposed to use them together. Where's the butterfly? It's under China. It's a Chinese sword. It's just two oh, giant single-edged swords that oh, wow. operating together look like butterfly wings. 
So I can only imagine how interesting it would be to see uh, those in action yeah, properly, anyway. Go rock. Yeah, Sounds sounds Klingon. You know, if we were in the right article, we would be able to find things like a bat cloud. Yeah, the, <laughs> the Golok, the Luwok, Karambit. There are a lot of really strange swords. And look at the Luwok really quick under um, Indonesia, Malaysia. Look at the Luwok. If you look at the trick, look at that. That looks like the fencing sword we just talked That's about. That's very true. That has a very yeah. similar handle. Yeah. Kind of like a like a gun handle, which is weird. Mm-hmm. I just kind of found that funny because that's like completely. You don't think of Indonesia or Malaysia for their swords, let alone for <coughs> being innovators in fencing technology. <laughs> <coughs> oh, Viking sword. Oh. Wow. I assume it's uh, a little bit um, worn, but uh, that's very jagged. Um, actually yeah. actually use that thing, that would, uh, I think if you used that, you painful. would just wind up bludgeoning people to death. You yeah. wouldn't. I, that, that would just be a blunt force, like, impaling. Yep. Yep, that would be pretty gruesome. I mean, it might be that they're just old, too. Yeah, that's what I, often, I assume that's probably. That's probably most of it. Oh, there's a sword called the Bilbo. <laughs> the Bilbo? Yep. It's a 16th century sword. So the word Bilbo was around before Bilbo. And maybe, in fact, inspired him. Although there is not a real picture of it. Yeah. It is a cut Although and thrust sword. It's a small rapier formerly popular in America. Like sting. <laughs> like it really does. Yeah. Like cut and thrust sword. Very Similar small. to yeah. a cutlass. Yeah. The term probably comes from the Basque city of Bilbao where a significant number of them were made and exported to the New World. Hmm. So yeah, probably very similar. Yeah. Go to the broader list of the broader swords, weapons. the broad swords. <laughs> I I think I am. Well, I'm gonna look at the harpy from Greek mythology really quick. Of course, it isn't a real sword, so I don't know why I'm doing that. And it is a sword with a little hook coming off of it. Don't know why that would be a advantageous thing, but okay. <laughs> anyway, yes, broader list of swords. List of pre-modern combat weapons. Oh, is a that little misleading? No, no. There's a list of bladed weapons. In, a, within this. No, within that. No. No. No, no, no. That's not the one I was looking at. There's another. I clicked on list of bladed weapons. Oh, did you? And that's what it took me to. Oh, what? Oh my God! No, you're right. It does take us. I don't. I don't. Pre-modern's not gonna get me a gun sword. <laughs> Swords and bladed weapons. Um, hey, we could go to types of swords. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well, does it does two-handed? Or wait, is there a two-handed curved giant swords? 
great swords. Uh, I feel like if we go to like long sword or claymore, maybe we could. Here we go. Get... Gunpowder weapons. Wait, what? Gunpowder weapons. Ranged <laughs> weapons. Pre-modern combat does count. Does apparently include uh, gunpowder gun at the very least, whether or not it includes guns. <laughs> Hand cannon. I want to see that. Oh, it's just a regular thing. Pistol sword. Here we go. Let's see what that. Pistol sword. Nice. Okay. Did we find it? Well, it might get us on the right track, at least. Yep. Okay. We're going to pistol sword. Okay, we're going <laughs> to pistol sword. Let's go. All right. Pistol sword. Wow. Yep. <laughs> it's a real thing. Yes, it is. Um, it is, like you would imagine, a sword with a pistol attached. Um, it's a pretty thick blade, too. Like This is like a, maybe like a Bowie knife size. Yeah, that's not like a bayonet. That's yeah. a serious... Yep, definitely Bowie knife or above. Yeah. Like you can you can you can shoot somebody and then you can take it to a cutting board and probably slice up some sushi real good. Mm -hmm. So the United States Navy actually uh, in 1838 developed the 54 caliber single shot smoothbore Elgin pistol, which was equipped with an 11.5 inch Bowie knife blade. How about it? <laughs> And was intended for use by boarding parties. Wow, that's pretty uh, intense. It was the first percussion cap gun in naval service, but only 150 were made. Huh. So I imagine those are probably pretty valuable. Um, Navy specifically intended them for the for the Wilkes South Seas Expedition. Reportedly, in 1840. A naval landing party used the pistol to good effect when Fijian so warriors attacked the sailors on the island of Malalo. Hmm. And a few Elgin pistols were still in use during the U.S. Civil War, but proved unpopular for who knows what reason. Um, the Navy quickly replaced them with the M1860 Cutlass which remained in service until the 1940s. And then some found their way into civilian hands, and some ended up in the Old West. Oh, snap. <laughs> that would be a really great addition to the Old oh, West. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Mm -hmm. Pinfire cartridge gun swords were produced in Belgium during the mid-19th century. Although they were limited in quality, these custom-made weapons were sometimes used by European officers and featured a loading gate behind the basket hilt. In 1866, T. Roh of Solingen filed a United States patent on the design of a 9mm caliber pistol sword with a 32-inch blade. During World War I, the British manufactured a limited number of Webley revolvers with folding blades similar in design to the Pritchard, pe 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 to the Pritchard pistol bayonet. These were used by officers in the trenches for close quarters fighting as the confined space made it difficult to use a sword. However, 
Few were produced due to the expensive and scarcity uh, nature of raw materials at that point in time. A rare variant on the World War II Japanese Nambu automatic pistol was a pistol sword. It is possible that this was non-regulation uh, and a weapon privately purchased by an officer as only one example is known to exist. Well, for the uh, main event, if we go down to popular culture... Hey! Additionally, pistol swords feature in anime, films, and video games, most notably in Final Fantasy VIII as the Gunblade of Squall Leonhardt in some form or another as the weapons of the characters of RWBY and in the hands of Cervantes de Leon from Soul Series. So, Gunblade... Ahoy. We have... We have done it. All right. Takes us to recurring elements in the Final Fantasy series. Um, hashtag Fun. weapons. Uh, Which uh, does bring up nothing. Gun. Gun does bring up nothing. Sword. Sword. Uh, what, about, what about Squall? Uh, Squall's name is mentioned one time in this entire article. <laughs> so, Did they just mislead us? I, I think mean, we have been misled. And now we're talking about uh, a bunch well, of okay. stuff from maybe, Final Fantasy. Maybe we can go to Final Fantasy VIII, if there's a link to that. And then... From there... From there, there has to be a mention of the Gunblade. See Final Fantasy 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 9, 10, 8. There, there it is. Okay. Took a second. Great. Alright. So we're in Final Fantasy 8, and it's only a short hop from here. Two. It has to be. Gun. So oh no. Gun. Oh, there we go. Gun Blade. Mentioned a grand total of one time. A fictional revolver sword hybrid. So this thing doesn't even get its own article? I mean, I feel like I've seen this concept enough that it warrants a whole article about it. Was what we just came from the <laughs> article, though? Like, did we just go over it? Is that Maybe. it? Maybe. Like, I feel like this doesn't. This hasn't just happened in Final Fantasy VIII. There, there's, there's an actual there's big a, sword, not like a Bowie knife attached to a pistol. Yeah. Like a sword that is also a gun and or rifle. Okay. Yeah. We can only go to revolver or sword. Ah, great. That's disappointing. Great. Now All we're right, just well, in like a bad fan art portion of the article too. It's not. Okay. Even, so. Do we want to just try to go to Dwayne the Rock Johnson? From Final Fantasy VIII? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm up for the challenge if you are. Through the mummy. Through the mummy. Okay, that's the condition. All right. That's the condition. All right, so 
I'm seeing a link here to ancient Egyptian architecture. Why do you see a link to that in the article for Final Fantasy VIII? Why does that happen to be... Are you serious? Where even is this? Ancient Egyptian and Greek architecture? Okay, let's just at least do the article of the courtesy of reading the sentence that crazy coincidence link happens to be in. As part of a theme desired by uh, Katase, who was a designer of the game, to give the game a foreign atmosphere, various designs were given to its locations, using the style of internationally familiar places while also maintaining a fantasy atmosphere. Inspiration ranged from ancient Egyptian and Greek architecture to the city of Paris, France, to an idealized futuristic European society. And if you've ever played Final Fantasy, yes. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but still, how fortuitous that not only is it there, but unlike Paris, it's linked. Yep. We can go to ancient Egyptian mm-hmm. architecture. Okay. All right. This this shouldn't be hard. Nope. I, I think uh, I think we've already done away. it. Like this is disappointingly ancient- easy. <laughs> like ancient why? Egyptian architecture. <laughs> In Final Fantasy VIII, of all places. <laughs> Like, of all of the Final Fantasy games we were going to, to it should not have been. <laughs> I can't think of a particularly Egyptian place in Final Fantasy VIII. Can you? Not really, no. I mean, isn't there something you can summon? I've, There's a summon. the general desert, like... Yeah, but that's just a desert. Architecture. Deserts aren't uniquely Egyptian. They're just sand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, we could go to Scarab. That might get us close. Uh, ancient Egyptian architecture has got a lot of colors and pharaohs and cats and stuff. Okay, Scarab, let's go. <laughs> now, the Scarab, you may recognize, if you're, you know, correct, from the beginning scene of the movie Aladdin. Uh, this little guy was put together by a Jafar, and then it flew out into a sand pile and terrorized you as a small child. Um, because it was a giant CGI sand cave, and you were like very uncomfortable because it was a big <laughs> rumbly growly voice and you may have cried and embarrassed your parents at the theater but that's neither here nor there is it no the scarab also features prominently in the movie the mummy by which time you were old enough to not ball your eyes out at the mere <laughs> mention or sight of it however while we can easily go to Franz Kafka's The Metamorphosis hmm. well okay. I'm not so sure about um, The Mummy Yep, you hear that? You hear that little the bling bling? Well, do we know the name of the mummy? What was it? Uh, what was the name of the mummy guy? The name of the mu- Brendan Fraser? No, no, no. Like the, oh. the actual <laughs> mummy. Ah. What was the name that they had? Emotep? Is that it? I think Emotep's the one, yeah. Is that a fictional <laughs> No, person? no, no. Emotep's or, uh, a real real thing we just probably don't want to be in an article about a dung okay. beetle we could go to Ramses the sixth or pharaohs or is he he's not a pharaoh is he maybe if we go to the scarab artifact oh, the main article maybe uh, where is that it's at the very top of the section of the dung beetle article that actually talks about the scarab and it talks uh, about them being amulets and yeah. stuff. So maybe let's just go or ahead. We could go to ancient Egypt too. 
We could. Because before, we weren't in ancient Egypt. We were in ancient Egypt architecture. So, uh, I don't know. Well, I gotta gotta tell you. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Scarab Artifact does have a reference. Scarab Artifact. (laughs) No. Okay, well, you did it now. You did it. The ding has probably already happened in the po- end post. The ding has done. The ding has done? Okay, done. well, I'm sorry. You, your, your princess is in another castle. Um, the well, we still have a link to ancient Egypt, so it's all good. <laughs> I mean, yes. So we can still go wherever we need to go. But my point is that the mummy is, in fact, mentioned by name in this article. It simply isn't linked. Oh. Yeah. Like, if you go wow. down, if you type in The Mummy, you search this page for The Mummy, and you go to the last reference that there is in The Mummy, it is not going to give you a link to the 1999 film. Stephen Summers, The Mummy, film. 1999. The scarab is used as a deadly ancient period. It's internal and external organs, killing whomever it comes into contact with. Which it does not do. It is a humble young <laughs> beetle. Why don't they link to it? They link to every other thing they mention in this section. They, they do. Don't, they don't link to Stephen Summers. They don't link to MC Escher. They don't link to. They don't link to Dung Beetles in the previous part. Okay, but we do have other things we can go to. We can look at Ra, or Amenhotep, which I don't know if that's the same or as good as Imhotep. But uh, especially not Amenhotep the Third. Like that just <laughs> seems like a real bad knockoff. What about the Book of the Dead? Book of the was Dead that, sounds promising. Was that featured in? I mean, no, but it may give us a means to get to other movies that then could give us the means to get to the mummy in a completely non-ancient Egyptian way. That's true. That's very true. Uh, I mentioned a couple of times in your funerary oh, scarabs. Egyptian Book of the Dead. Yes. Hey, guess what? Book of the Dead is a book of the dead. It literally <laughs> just talks about the dead in a book. It's on a papyrus scroll, and uh, you know they used to write them all over the walls of the pyramids, but then that got you know old. It took a really long time to scratch, scratch all those hieroglyphs into stone. Everybody in Egyptian society had to be like really artistic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at the hieroglyphic language. Like, you have to just be, like, good at doodling to be able to, <laughs> to write Egyptian. <laughs> to communicate to yeah. people. There's no such thing as having bad Egyptian handwriting. Mm-hmm. Learn to draw. <laughs> well, it uh, doesn't look like there's a direct link to the mummy or even really pop culture stuff. In general... The exception that I see being the Necronomicon, which is H.P. Lovecraft's Book of the Dead. So it's it's we're getting maybe maybe I've led us astray. Maybe we need to dive back into ancient Egypt and try to uh, you know hang on to that while we Ooh, still are close. Sarcophagi. Okay. All maybe. right. Perfect. Let's maybe. try it. Let's go. All right. Let's give that a shot. That's a bad sound. That means that means I have run the numbers and ain't no such mummy. Where's my mummy? 
Is the mummy really like that hat that like Wikipedia is just like, nah, this isn't pop culture anymore. Jeez. Remember Brendan Fraser? Well, forget him. He's gone. <laughs> Somebody has He's erased done. Brendan Fraser from all of Wikipedia. They've away- erased him from Hollywood, too. When was the last time you saw Brendan Fraser? <laughs> He's done, man. He's out. Trying to be a mediocre photographer somewhere, I'm pretty sure. See, now we're even getting mentions of ancient Egypt without the links to ancient Egypt. That's not a good sign. Yeah, because now um, we're talking about sarcophagi from the entire world. But there is we have somebody from Philadelphia <laughs> in here. There's a link to Pharaoh Merenptah, so we could probably get back on the right track yeah. from that. that. I mean, like, let's take the most Egyptian thing and then just go there. Yeah, I think yeah, I think we just got to get back to ancient Egypt. We've gone too far. So, Merenptah. And let's not even make this complicated. Let's just go right to the article for all of ancient Egypt. Yes, let's do it. Let's all just right, do so that. That'll give go. us a ancient plethora. Egypt. You know, there for how easy it was to get to Gunsword from a fencing article, <laughs> this is proving stupidly hard. <laughs> I'm just going to say, yep. like, we got to Final Fantasy VIII. We got from Final <laughs> Fantasy VIII to ancient Egypt so easy. <laughs> but you get it from ancient Egypt <laughs> to, to mummy. the mummy, a movie about ancient Egypt. It is it really almost impossible. <laughs> there should be a direct sense. link somewhere in any there of these should articles. Be, there should have been every, multiple Every times. article about ancient Egypt should have a see also the mummy 1999. That is all there needs to be. Like <laughs> Every single article. Oh my this God. is not how it's supposed to be. See, I accepted this because I was under the impression this would be like, okay, great. That'll be quick. That'll be fun. Why not just do it? Then we can spend 30 minutes talking about Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Instead, we're pushing the limits on our hour-long podcast. We may not even see the light of Dwayne. You know, honestly, this might be the first time we don't actually make it to the article we try to get to. I know. I mean, no, it won't be. We'll be close. We're going to cut it short, but we're going to get there. I, I, I don't want to accept failure I mean, yet. I'm not ready for it. I don't know. I mean, it's not looking too great. I mean, okay. The mummy is mentioned two times in the entire article about ancient Egypt, well, neither of which are links, although we can go word- to the mummy of Tutankhamun, which <sighs> I believe... Uh, I, I believe won't help us at this point, wait, honestly. Wait, 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 wait. But There's a link to mummification. Which takes you to the mummy article. Mummy so without the that the. Is, that is a the a, away. A the away <laughs> from being the mummy. So I think that okay. is a good route. All right. Let's do it. Let's All right. Go. So we got mummy. We are in mummy. If it is difficult to get to the mummy from this article, something is seriously wrong with Wikipedia. Okay. Something is broken in this website. The Mummy has in 22 In popular hits. culture, main article, Mummy Undead. This is ridiculous. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Mummy. The Mummy has 22 matches in this article, of which I am on the 17th now, going top to bottom, and have discovered wow. no links. Wow. No links. To the 1999 okay. movie, Whoa. 
The mummy. Right. You have to go past everything. You have to go past. You have to go beyond the article. Literally, <laughs> you have to go into the void of this article. You have to go beyond <laughs> mummification. You have to go beyond <laughs> death. Yeah. You have to go beyond death itself, and then also ancient Egyptian topics, so prehistoric technology, to, tools, and culture. We have to mummify ourselves within the article. Yes. And then <laughs> and be then rebirthed into the mummy the section that actually has links to anything relevant. That we want. Um, all right, so we got Sumner series. We have links to all of these mummy movies. Now we have links to too many. Yeah. <laughs> now we have links to well, now, none of the ones now, we want. Well, now we have links to um, Abbott and Costello meet the mummy. <laughs> but we also have links a link directly to. Uh, the Mummy Returns. That was not our agreement. We have to go through the Mummy, which we have to. I swear, if there's not a link to the Mummy Returns from the Mummy article, that, that there, there will be. Uh, that there will be. I, we're, we're okay. <laughs> we're okay. I think. I think uh, we're right. fine. So, the Mummy. We have made it right to the, the Mummy. Only just. Like <laughs> it was at the Barely. bottom part of the bottom part of the bottom part <laughs> of the article. It is ridiculously too hard to find That's the mummy stupid. from a mar- oh, the article Mummy. What we should do is just hit the back buttons on our browsers right now and then just take the link to this film and dr- and link, link the term <laughs> really the mummy should. to this In at popular least culture, the, the mummy. mummy. The, the mummy. mummy. <laughs> the mummy. The mummy. Like, come on. This is the definitive one. I know there was a section <laughs> listing all of them, but nobody cares. This is This is it, man. Yeah. All right, so we are on the mummy, and we if are. we go down to adaptations, we, we get the sequel, The Mummy Returns. And there is a link to it. This is how articles should be. <laughs> so we've got easy The enough. Mummy Returns. I okay. So in this little spreadsheet that I keep of all the articles that we do, I'm like really going. I'm at R right now. That's wow. unacceptable. <laughs> no, no, that's 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 way that's, too many articles. This is the most. That's the most amount of articles we've done in a really long time. Yeah, we're we're and almost we burned through a lot of those numbers here. That's crazy. Okay. The the only one that we've had more on is the very first episode when we had no idea what we were doing. Yeah. Wow. And this is when we know what we're doing, but Wikipedia has screwed us. They, they it really <laughs> has. We've usually taken pride in our, in our, you know, concision, our brevity. We've been able to just kind of seamlessly glide from Final Fantasy VIII to wherever <laughs> we wanted to go. Really? Yeah. I, we were just riding high on the, you know, hey, the we ease got, of access. We're two articles from fencing to Final Fantasy VIII, so uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that shouldn't be hard. <laughs> But, uh, alas, here we are at the $433 million grossing film, The Mummy Returns. Mm-hmm. Hard to believe that there was a time in history when this kind of movie would gross half wow. a billion dollars. That's true. This, and that's in... Nine, er, that's in 2001 dollars. Yeah, that's, yeah, that would be like at least $700 million in that by today's standards. At more than because but, of how much a ticket would have been uh, to get the amount yeah. of tickets you That's would have true. had to have. Well, okay, Movie we, prices were so much cheaper, even just in 2001. If we go to Box Office Mojo, um, 
and adjust it for inflation. Yeah. It's gonna be one of the top ones still. Should be pretty high up there. Let me return. Okay, total gross one. Because nobody wants you to know that Brendan Fraser had a career once. That's what it's about. People hate this man. Oh, here we go. Adjust, okay. Adjuster. 2017. That turns it into... Oh, that just changes the domestic gross. From... So, from... Two hundred and two million to three hundred and eight million. So it would have so, been you were about right, about seven hundred million probably so, adjusted worldwide. Yeah. Yeah, because uh two thousand seventeen dollars. That seems a little low. I feel and like two thousand one five point six. I uh I don't know if I agree with their adjuster here. I I don't either. I feel like I, I it's feel more like it's now. At least $10 take home. For a primetime yeah. movie. And matinees barely ever exist anymore. If yeah. anything, they cost more money for features and so forth. Yeah. Not, like, the, the Mummy Returns wouldn't have had any features. It wouldn't yeah. have been IMAX or anything like that. Like their but. ticket number, or like their ticket price for 2001 is about right. 5.6. Yeah. Six, I mean, seven bucks to go see a movie. Something yeah. like that, yeah. That's, that, that is about yeah, accurate. But, yeah, I don't know. Oh, well. So, yeah. Probably... Closing in on billion. It's uh. So it's about uh closing it, but still that's impressive, yeah. impressively big. For yeah, for a sequel. Um. Yeah. That starred a nobody like Brendan <laughs> Fraser. Who even is this mysterious man? We'll and, never know. And uh, new star Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who was still going by the Rock. Yeah. To the extent he that still had to he include is the Rock in his name, he wasn't even Dwayne the Rock Johnson yet. He was simply the Rock. Yeah, That's how yeah. he is credited in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to him. Our our right. Marvel, our marvelous uh, endpoint, Dwayne the Rock Douglas Johnson. Yeah, Douglas. Born in 1972. Raised between New Zealand and the United States states of Hawaii and Pennsylvania, Dwayne The Rock Johnson was a college football player for the University of Miami, where he won a national championship on the 1991 Miami Hurricanes football team. He later played for the Calgary Stampeders in the Canadian Football League and was cut two months into the 1995 season. This led him to become a professional wrestler, just like his grandfather, Peter Mavia, and his father, Rocky Johnson, from whom he also inherited his Canadian citizenship. I thought he was going to say name, but... (laughs) (laughs) So his dad is literally the Rock. Yeah. That's interesting. So um, he got his big career started on the WWE, where he uh, signed on to a part-time contract. And um, he gained mainstream fame while it was still WWF. Uh, He was on from 1996 to 2004 and uh, was the first third-generation wrestler in the company's history. 
He returned to wrestling part-time for WWE from 2011 to 2013 and continues to make sporadic, non-wrestling appearances for the company. He has 17 championship reigns in WWE, including 10 as a world champion, winning the WWF slash WWE championship eight times, um, and the WCW world championship twice. Hmm. And he won the WWF Intercontinental Championship twice and the WWF Tag Team Championship five times. And he is the sixth Triple Crown Champion in WWE history and won the 2000 Royal Rumble. He was a pretty big, big deal in uh, professional wrestling. And then he became an even bigger deal in general. Johnson's autobiography, The Rock Says, co-written with Joe Layden, was published in 2000. It debuted on at number one on the New York Times bestseller week, wow. the bestseller list, and spent 20 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list and sold 720,000 copies in just hardcover. <laughs> just hardcover. Man. Most people wait for the paperback. No, they bought <laughs> The Rock's book. This is before the Mummy Returns. This is also before ebooks, but that's true. <laughs> uh, Johnson's first film was uh, in the Scorpion King in 2002. Uh, oh, leading film. Role. Leading film role. Sorry, oh. sorry, missed the essential part there. Uh, for this role, he was paid 5.5 million dollars, a world record for an actor in his first starring role. He has since appeared in various films and become known for his ability to reinvigorate <laughs> film franchises. Yes, he has. So Jumanji, you're next. Uh, <laughs> perhaps his greatest success in his acting career can be stories to his role as Luke Hobbs in the Fast and the Furious franchise. Absolutely. He hosted and produced it, produced it? <laughs> The Hero, a reality competition series, and has since continued to produce TV series and films through his production company, Seven Bucks Productions, <laughs> each of which he also stars in. Now, Forbes listed Johnson as number 25 in the top 100 most powerful celebrities in 2013. Surely he has climbed higher since then. <laughs> he is the world's highest paid actor as of 2016, and Time named him one of the most influential, in, influential people in the world in 2016. In 2015, Muscle and Fitness, jumping the gun a bit, <laughs> named Dwayne The Rock Johnson their man of the century, Probably failing to realize how many years 85 really is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's 85 years to go. There might be something else. You, you, might might wanna, you might want to leave the door open a <laughs> you little never bit know. on that one. I mean, people probably named people named Schwarzenegger the man of the of the, well, the ninth the twentieth century. I'm sure. Probably. But like within the same hundred years, <laughs> there is the Rock. Yeah. <laughs> Who is like a Schwarzenegger that can act better? That's true. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it is right. <laughs> <laughs> True lies notwithstanding. His his next uh, reinvigorating um, deal, Predator. The Terminator. And the Terminator. Why not? Why not just reinvigorate all of Schwarzenegger's old franchises? Just do it. <laughs> just do it. He's only born in 70. He's only 44. Oh, he's, only, he's already 44. Snap. That's, I mean, hmm. <laughs> He's got some. He's gonna have some diminishing returns if he doesn't keep keep cranking them out. That's probably why he's working so hard. He knows That's like <laughs> the physique must be getting harder and harder to maintain. And he's just like you know, <laughs> now's the time. <laughs> so yeah, he was born in Hayward, California. Um, hey, mother was Ada Johnson, and 
His father was professional wrestler Wade Douglas Bowles. Ah, better known as Rocky Johnson. There we go. I was confused for a second. I was like, wait, didn't it say earlier that, that he was his father was Rocky Johnson? But uh, yeah. So his father was a professional wrestler, which makes sense that they said that he was the first third generational prof- uh, professional wrestler. Right. Uh, his maternal grandfather, High Chief Peter Maivia, was also a wrestler. And his maternal grandmother, Leah Maivia, was one of the one of wrestling's few female promoters, Whoa. taking over Polynesian Pacific Pro Wrestling after her husband's death in 1982 until 1988. Wow. Polynesian Pacific Pro Wrestling. Who knew? (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Uh, His cousin, Savalina Fanini, is also a wrestler currently working for WWE. His father is a Black Nova Scotian, and his mother is of Samoan heritage. His father was part of the first black tag team to win the World Tag Team Championship in the WWF. And through his mother, he was considered a non-blood relative of the Anoye Anoa'i wrestling family. A wrestling family. Million citations. Wow. Wow. They really want him <laughs> to be not non-related to them. <laughs> But he isn't a blood. He's not a blood relative. Yep. Uh, Johnson lived briefly in the suburb of Grayland in Auckland, New Zealand, with his mother's family. He attended Richmond Road Primary School before returning to the United States with his parents. Johnson spent tenth grade at President William McKinley High School in Honolulu, Hawaii. As he entered the eleventh grade, his father's job required him to relocate to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. He began playing football at Freedom High School in the East Penn Conference. He was also a member of the school's track and field and wrestling teams. Johnson was a promising football prospect and received offers from many Division I collegiate programs. He decided upon a full scholarship to the University of Miami as a defensive tackle. In 1991, he was on the Miami Hurricanes national championship team. After an injury kept him sidelined, he was replaced by future National Football League star Warren Sapp. While attending Miami, Johnson met his future wife, Danny Garcia, who graduated from the university in 1992 and later became a member of its board of trustees. She also founded a Miami-based wealth management firm. In 2006, the couple donated $2 million to build a living room at the university's Newman Alumni Center. Well, if uh, it might surprise you to learn that he has a Bachelor of General Studies degree in Criminology and Physiology. Well, the one makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so you already heard that he joined football leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And he was actually the on the cover of one of my favorite wrestling games uh, from when I was in middle school, SmackDown. Yes. Had to custom create a character. That was a, that was a really fun game, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good stuff. We could really get, fu- really have fun with the customi- customization yeah. features for a change. That was that was really enjoyable. And his acting career, we got the Mummy Returns. I guess that was his first, first movie. Or no, 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 his first television job. He played his own father in an episode of that '70s show. What? 
strange. I mean, he um, could. He is kind of a photo double of him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then uh, yeah. So the Mummy Returns was his first film role in general, and then the Scorpion King was his first leading role. And then he followed that up with Rundown, Walking Tall. Doom, <laughs> Gridiron Gang, uh, <laughs> Reno 911. Oh, Miami. the hits just keep on coming. <laughs> uh, Southland Tales. Stop it. Make it stop the pain. <laughs> the game plan. Get smart. Um, Race to Witch Mountain. Yep. Planet that 51, The Tooth Fairy, the sequel <laughs> to Why Did I Get Married? Why Did I Get Married 2? <laughs> wow. What happened there? He was then, on the up and up. Then you get the other guys. Nah, aim for he the bushes. Wasn't in it long, but he was. He was in it. It was pretty great. <laughs> uh, then uh, movie Faster, which was also really great. Which is not part of the Fast and Furious <laughs> franchise. No, but it could be. It might as well be. If you insert it in the right spot. It'll all make sense. They should just envelop it. Just <laughs> consume the faster. It, it could work as a backstory to his character Hobbs faster. in the Fast and Furious. <laughs> uh, it honestly could just replace Fast and Furious too. Probably move literally. Yeah. Like it could just be fast the same. and then faster. <laughs> <laughs> Angry, you get, you get furious. Fast and the furious, and then faster, and then fast four. <laughs> Yeah. It gets a little confusing. Faster, fast forward, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Rambo. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, then he he first appeared in Fast Five, and then continued appearing in subsequent Fast and the Furious uh, movies. And he was in the Journey to the Center of the Earth sequel. Which, I mean, but um, he made that movie. Like, it was not going to be good because, I mean, even Will Ferrell was like, are you sure? I don't think so. He was the first guy, right? It was Will Ferrell in the first uh, one, actually, right? Actually, it might have been Brendan Fraser. No. No. It was. Oh, it was Brendan wow. Fraser in the Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, no. The Rock. What have you done? Yeah, then he was in the G.I. Joe uh, sequel. Um, he was in Painting Game, um, Empire State, and now he has a TV show on HBO called Ballers uh, about NFL players. Which, yeah. all right, is he still doing it? Yes, he is. Um, yeah, he's going to be hmm. playing Black Adam in the movie Shazam. In uh, the DC film universe, so we'll see how that goes. We'll give it a shot. We'll give <laughs> it a shot. If there's anybody that can turn the DC film universe around, it's gonna be him. <laughs> give it a shot. He's gonna be the guy. <laughs> He'll be an enjoyable. If he, if he can't make on. it work, then, then we're done here. Yeah. Then uh, we're DC, done here. DC just close that, close that file, and just be WB. Just move it. on. <laughs> Just do something else. Reboot Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter. Go, those, those are your options. You're officially out of the comic book game. Uh, yeah, then he, he did uh, Central Intelligence, Moana. He's going to be in Baywatch, Jumanji, and Rampage. Um, so, yeah. Lots of uh, interesting stuff. Uh, it's so satisfying to, to really find a way to make it all come together. Yep. 
Glad we, we were able to make it. So we've come from Doris Willette to Blaine Johnson. And uh, hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you felt the suspense that we were feeling. Oh, we felt it. We felt that was actually <laughs> tense. Yeah, that this time. There, there was uh, times that, before, on the other times we've done this, I've been like, eh, we're going to be fine. We're going to be totally fine. This time, this was, this I, was hard. I legitimately yeah. thought, you know, maybe we can't do it. Maybe but we'll just <laughs> use all the articles on Wikipedia <laughs> before we find the right way. But we did. Um, so go ahead and visit us on Facebook at uh, TWC Podcast. Uh, give us a like and follow on there. And then go to iTunes and rate and review us. And, you know, we're on uh, Twitter at the Wikicron. And uh, we don't do a whole lot over there, but maybe if we get some interaction, we'll try to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have our website, twc.ericteribio.com. And I would like to thank Louis Armstrong for our theme song and Billy Jones and Ernest Hare for our outro song. And thanks again for joining us. I was Eric. And I was John. And this was the Wikipedia Chronicles. I can't believe how difficult that was. That was so... You can bring cake with the wooden legs, but don't bring Lulu. Can I bring by with the old glass eyes? But don't bring Lulu. Lulu eats just like a horse. Sauerkraut and garlic sauce. I smelled onions on her breath, and I cried myself to death. Can I bring Ruth with the rubber tooth? But don't bring Lulu. Lulu's okay, but when she gets gay, you should see the cops arrive. When she stops in singing, police clubs start in swinging. Hullabaloo, don't bring Lulu, not while she's alive. You can bring gold, cause the frog got gold, but don't bring Lulu. You can bring Min and a double chin, but don't bring Lulu. Lulu thinks she's doing fine when she sings sweet Adeline. Oh, but when she hits high C, she drives out the family. You can bring sweets and tickle pink feet, but don't bring Lulu. Lulu goes bugs and she chews up rugs when she yells, they sing the light. He's the kind, stop yawning. We won't go home till morning. Alaba Lulu, don't bring Lulu. She might know the wife. <laughs> Say, Bill, I don't see why I can't bring Lulu. She's a nice girl. And say, Bill, would you call Lulu a flapper? Sure, but I've got a new name for flappers. What is it, Bill? Well, I call them bungalows. Bungalows? Why do you call them bungalows? Well, because they're shingled in back, painted in front, and they have no ethics. <laughs> you could bring Claire with her, I don't care, but don't bring Lulu. You could bring Lil, she's an awful pill, but don't bring Lulu. Lulu has the sweetest smile, keeps us laughing all the while. When she looks at, at her best, one eye looks deep, and the other looks west. You could bring twice, provided it's right, but don't bring Lulu. Lulu makes noise when she whips the boys, and the sure to get in Dutch. She's the kind that teases, and then does what she pleases. Hullabaloo, don't bring Lulu, she talks too darn much. <laughs>